Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the super awesome, mega exciting edition of Brothers Grimdark, because chapter approved, leaks are out. Not the book, but the leaks, and that's all that matters. I'm Alan. I like leaks. And the fan, and the man over there who likes leaks is Henry. Yay. Yay. These leaks are hot. They are magma hot. I'm... Uh, okay, hang on. Oh, this fantastic. changes the state of the game. I actually don't know if it does, but I, I'm super happy anyway. I think it does. I think there's a lot of stuff which is shaked up, shook up, and rocked down. And it rocked up again. Ain't never going to keep it down. Okay, so where, where do we want to begin? <laughs> Let's just start with a sweeping statement Yep. for Vigilus. Okay. It... Yeah, from what I'm seeing, from everything that I understand about what Vigilus is, it's all kind of stuff that we've seen before, uh, but just compiled again. Yeah, it looks to be a bunch of sexy additions. Also, by the way, when we were saying how that man with the spear, wouldn't it be awesome if you could throw it? He can! I'm glad he can, because that explains why he's holding it like such a wanker. <laughs> Even then, that's not how you throw a spear, but... Isn't it? No. How do you throw a spear? About where you hold it normally, you know, about halfway down the shaft. <laughs> shaft. Oh, I see what you mean. We're talking about hand positioning now. Okay, now we're getting technical. Yeah. But like that <laughs> overarm position. I thought you were like, throw it underarm or something like this. Yeah. Like, the, the ancient art of throwing spears underarm. <laughs> yeah, suddenly I was really confused. I was like, hang on a minute. Have I been doing this wrong? Have I been looking at history wrong? Am I soft in the head? Yeah, spears actually use sideways to stop your enemies going past you. What? You right. heard me. Right. The sweeping statement. Yep. And also they, they released the rules for Primaris Kalgar. Yeah. Kalgar. And uh, Harkon World Raper, or whatever Claimer. his name is. Claimer. World Similar Claimer. enough. Similar enough. Um, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, again... Jesus kind Christ, of... Kalgar has a lot of wounds. Kalgar does eight. have a lot of wounds. He is, but that's because he's Primaris. Then he's really, really thick. <laughs> <laughs> to get through him is going to take a long time. Yep. Um, but I just want to say with the uh, World Claimer, I still feel I reserve the right that he feels like an absolute side plot man who somehow accidentally caught up in the main plot. <laughs> yeah. Like, even Huron Blackheart, with how yeah. far he's fallen and how far he's come back as the Pirate King of the Red Corsairs, would be a better fit here. Really Imagine would. if this was the Red Corsairs, the Pirate Kings of the Chaos Space Marines, landing on a planet and swagging around. Okay. We're, General we will, swag. We'll go into the story of Vigilus uh, more when the book comes out. Because they have... And the rules. And the rules, obviously. But, but we know a bit about the law now, and it's interesting, but it would be way better if we had an actually named character on this planet. Yeah, honest. and like the whole time, guys, the whole time, every Chaos Space Marine in the history of 40k with modern writers, and in part a lot of old writers, is basically a red shirt. That's all a Chaos Space Marine is. They're not a deadly, demon-powered demigog. They're a red shirt. At some point, they will lose, Right. Look, like, it's more Abaddon, Abaddon has the been. thickest plot armor, and it took him 13 crusades to achieve something. And he only got <laughs> one planet. Just yeah. saying. All I'm saying is this this Harkon world beater upper. 
is extremely red-shirted. <laughs> like, this guy is not going to last the campaign. Come I'll be on. amazed if this man ever turns up again in the rules. I think they will for maybe one or two editions and then drop him. Yeah, most likely. Similar to Harry Hammer from Warhammer Fantasy. But that's just a, an Easter egg for the, the fantasy fans. Ah. All right. So, on to chapter approved. The, the, big, the big, super interesting stuff, which everyone's been leaking and we are super hyped about. They've adopted an interesting policy, which is rather than nerfing the top things, they are just buffing a lot of things that didn't see play. And... Now, wait. Yeah. Let me stop you there. Okay. You are super excited for chapter approved. I am skeptical as dick. Okay. Would you like to explain because why you are as skeptical as a penis? I am as skeptical as a private detective. <laughs> 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 because well played simply because points creep points creep has always been in the game every yep. edition every unit gets cheaper so if you looked at 1500 points from second edition it'd be like a rhino maybe 20 space marines a captain squad of devastators and a dreadnought now for 1500 points you get like three times that amount because points creep I, I admit that's a problem, but I think it matters less because if you look at the units that have received the points reductions, they're generally just not played. Such as some Admeg units, some Chaos units, the Grey Knight Codex, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's very good that they have uh, buffed the neglected sons of every Codex, which is nice. However, it is still points creep. They haven't it is. Like, decreased the points cost of troops, though, by the looks of things. Well, troops is the one the one thing that stays steady. However, elite troops have changed a little bit, such as Plague Marines. Plague Marines have come down by one point yet again. Although they were overcosted. Well, they're still overcosted. At 16 <laughs> points, you still don't run them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's. Well, if, if you looked at it like. Uh, as if it was a graph, right? Yeah. You know that exponential curve which just goes up and up and up and up to infinity? Yeah. Basically, the troops at the very far end to the left, so they're near zero, right? They're like six points a guy, 12 points a guy, very close to that end. And then on the other end of the exponential graph is the Titans, who are at like 10,000 points a man, 20,000 points, you know, ridiculously expensive. And what they're doing is, with chapter approved, is that all the middling guys, all the guys that are in the middle of that graph that are pretty expensive for what they are, they're just bunching them further to the left. Yeah. And everyone's coming further to the left. And the game argument that I had uh, a while back, I don't know if I went too deep into it, but my, my version of the state of the game uh, is that the points are becoming so condensed and it's becoming so competitive for the points. So say compare a Dreadnought to 10 Tactical Marines now more than ever. Yep. The Dreadnought is just better. Right? Point for point, because you cannot get a Laz Cannon. Okay, you can get like five Space Marines and a Laz Cannon for the cost of a Dreadnought. And the Dreadnought probably still wins. Mm. And just my point is that if you make the the whole scale condensed, so that the difference between every unit is extremely thin, it makes it far harder to balance. Yeah. So my argument has always been that I think they should increase the points of everything... And then scale some back. Yeah. Yeah. 
rather than just like keep bunching everyone up as much as we can, you know, so we can directly compare Fire Warriors to Riptide and Riptide just wins, whereas it should be Riptide has a purpose. They've made some interesting yeah. points increases. Also, the Riptide's a poor example because it's just the best at everything. No, it's, it's, it's a good moments. example. It's a good example because it's so cost-effective that by bunching everything together, it just makes it better than any other counterpart. Like Broadsides for anti-tank, it's better. I don't know. I don't know. Broadsides, have they've gone way up in value. Oh, good God. We'll get into Tau changes later. Shall, yep. shall uh, we begin with the Admec ones? Okay, so skepticism aside, I freaking love the, the Admec ones. <laughs> uh, these are all perfect in my eyes. All of them are perfect. Other than Call. Call drops. Simply because Call cool is Belisarius Call, BC, Daddy Chode. Not his name. Pending. <laughs> Pending name. Yep. Daddy Chode. He is goddamn points efficient again. He's sort of like a Riptide. In that he is just the best HQ for his points if you're playing Mars. He's also just an obscenely powerful force multiplier. He's, yeah, the best force multiplier. A little bit of a beat stick in of himself, and he's mm. tough. He's tough. He's got many limbs. He'll lay about himself very dirtily. They reduced him by 50 points. Which is a lot. He used That's to be too full. mad. That's mad. It really is. Okay, so anyway, other than him, I think they're fantastic. Because a lot of the units they change, such as Rust Stalkers, Rust Stalkers is still a problem area. I don't think you could reduce them in points to a point where they would be good, unless they're like four points a model, in which case, yeah, probably yeah. all right. Also, sorry, whenever anyone says like, oh, even at zero points it wouldn't be played, I want to beat them over the head. It's like, oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. Would Tactical Marines at zero points not see played? Yes, they would. <laughs> you fucking idiots. Anyway, continue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and everything else other than servitors, servitors have gone up in cost from two points to five servo points. Servo arms just... have dropped to zero points. Yeah, but nobody is running servitors, so yeah, they cost like five points rather than fourteen. Yeah, which is a lot better. Yeah, but um, yeah, so across, and also destroyers and breaches. So for anyone that doesn't know, those are the big tracked, uh, lobotomized servitor gun bots. The like yeah, units of three UC with tracks on them. Big well, you boys. don't see. You don't see because they are. Well, they were terrible. They, they were like choices. They were ridiculously expensive for what they could do. Um, so nobody ever ran them outside of. Uh, there's a specific combination where you use them, some Castellans, uh, or are they? God damn it! There's too many Castellites, Castellan. Yeah, they're, they're Castellans, and wasn't it cool as well? So they reroll all the misses. Yeah, you use cool Castellans and uh, breaches, sorry, destroyers, and then use a stratagem as well, and then, then, yeah, they were effective. Whereas now, they've all dropped in points, uh, which is amazing because I love them. I want to use them as my troops. Um, I want to have lots of, like, breaches are my favorite because mm -hmm. breaches are basically the anti-infantry version, which was never anti-infantry, and bizarrely, in some cases, better anti-tank than the anti-tank <laughs> ones. That's how GW does things. Yeah, all sorts of weird, which I was hoping would be like the mainstay battle line. Because if you read the, the lore of the Admech, some battles they just send millions upon millions of these tracked heavy servitors to crush the enemy in true guard style as they command them from floating hollow decks 
millions of miles you know away you know well not millions but that's a bit far but uh, away yeah hundreds of miles away you know which was just awesome but then when you got to the rules they're so expensive they're so bad you never use them anyway they've all come down in price uh they're still not great which is kind of the theme of chapter proof like the thing isn't necessarily good because it's been reduced but certainly the reduction is beneficial it, it lets you have more play styles which while maybe the most optimal lists don't change too much, which is a shame, um, it means that a lot of other crazier lists can now see play, rather than just being a bad idea. Yeah, I think what Chapter Approved, in general terms, we will go down through the list a little bit more, uh, in general terms, it's really tightened up friendly play, to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're taking a hardcore competitive list versus any friendly list, you've instantly fucked them. You've won. Like, just don't even question it. If you brought Imperial Knights to a friendly game, Alan. I Look. Alan. Look. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, we all know the bloody power of the Imperial Knights now. Anyway, but with friendly games, you'd see a lot of variation where some guy would run, like, 20 tacticals, a Dreadnought, you know, Razorbacks, like that typical the sort of, like, generic soup list from yeah. the Space Marine range. A mixture of different and, units, not particularly optimized, but fluffy and fun. Yeah, and just stuff that you like, which is yeah. how I build my army. It's like, if I like something, I get it. Um, however, the difficulty is is that some stuff is just so bad that even if you like it, you wouldn't play it, such as my ad mech lists. Um, I just use Skitari troops. I don't even have any breaches. I didn't even buy them because they're so bad that I was just worried that I'd play them and they'd be useless. Whereas now I can actually play them sort of semi-friendly lists. Sorry, guys, what, what I'm trying to say here, what I'm trying to say is there's friendly and then there's ultra-friendly, right? Yeah. Uh, so somebody if, if somebody brings that generic Space Marine soup list and I bring a friendly list, but it's using better units from my codex, just how it happens. You know, I might particularly like Dark Eldar Raiders and they're very, very good. Mm. I will just beat the other guy. Whereas now, because they reduce the cost of all the stuff, which is like cool units, but bad units, because they've been reduced, yeah, you know, it's going to make the game a whole lot better yeah. for those friendly, friendly random matchup games. Yeah. Which it doesn't really change. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't change competitive at all, in my opinion. I mean, it, well, I think it, Tau, it definitely changes some, some stuff. They've also reduced the power of Chaos um, by nerfing cultists from four points to five points. Which I think is... Good and bad. It is, until you realize that Imperial Guards stayed at four points. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The big problem with reducing... Like, cultists were a problem because any Chaos list would have lots of cultists. To the point where 8th edition first came out, guys would just run 100 cultists. People still uh, do. Like, 120 all right. cultists and lists. Because they're just very points-efficient. Whereas now that they increase the cost of them, yes, that's good because it'll increase the variation of the Chaos lists. However, when they're up against competitive numbers of guard, yeah, it doesn't look so good. And the other thing that pisses me off is the fact that the guard battalion is unchanged, which still really pisses me off. Yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll go through the changes. So Admech... What do you think sorry. of the June Crawler, uh, June Crawler change? Because that was one of their best units, wasn't it? Going from 90 to 70? Yeah. Uh, I think it's amazing. Simply because I think the uh, that dramatica, dramatica, 
points change in conjunction with how powerful anti-tank they are with the onager jesus i can't even remember the name of the laser that's how long it's been since i picked up the admit codex um yeah anyway they, they got this massive fucking laser which is amazing anti-tank that coming down in cost uh makes admic a lot more scary mm. a lot more scary versus those heavy tank lists and you might even see i i will posit this very very lightly that admic might be accounted to knights well another suggestion i've seen about the place is because the dominus and particularly the engines here have come down in costs their hqs that they may be a potential rival to the standard loyal 32 Potential rival, yes. I, I think they're still more expensive. Happen, they're still more expensive, and yeah. there's nothing like the uh, CP regeneration. I know that got nerfed, but it still exists for the guard. Whereas, and Admic have really terrible relics. I don't know if the guard have some better ones other people, other than the CP. Well, I think if you're running the Loyal Thirty Two, they're not getting the relics. It's going to be the knights, which you're fueling. Oh yeah, yeah. Which Sorry. also, like, people go, oh, but the tech priests can repair the knights. That means walking the knights back out out of combat, where they're amazing. And standing next to a tech priest. Yeah, for two wounds. Yeah. Not good. Not oh. good. So the ad make change is very good, very positive. Uh, I'm very happy to see them. Definitely yeah. the ad make suffered because they're one of the earliest codexes. Yeah. Or codices. Yeah. I would still not advise someone to get in on ad mech, though. Really? Because I think ad mech have had their lot. I don't see Admech getting a ninth edition codex. Simply yeah, because I can see that, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely one of the less popular factions. Their codex was pretty bare bones. Like there was not a lot of love in the Admech codex. Could be that it was just, you know, hastily produced for eighth. Again, I don't really see that as a proper reason because they knew in seventh that eighth was coming and they'd have to write the rules, but sure, whatever. But yeah, I don't see them getting a new book. I don't see a lot of flavor coming their way because their relics are all pretty generic. The way they play, again, you know, it's fun, very fun, don't get me wrong. But it's just kind of extremely generic. There's not a lot of flavor to the Admech other than they've got great guns. Mm. Similar to the Necrons, who had the same problem. Oh, so Admech, very good changes, very happy. Next one. Okay, so shall we go into... Um the death guard because we're, we're not going to cover every single uh, faction because there's some factions we're not really up to speed on as much as the others we're going to cover the ones we know for sure for show for show okay so death guard this is your field of expertise yeah i can say that um ah uh, a lot of the death guard stuff is come down by a very sort of small margin I still don't think they're viable. They had no Death Guard doing well. Yeah, no, no, don't get me wrong, but I mean, um, like Tallyman. Tallyman is terrible, which is every time you roll a stratagem, roll two dice. If the result is seven, you get back the command points. Mm. Uh, someone like me that can't roll dice, it's just a waste of points. It really <laughs> is. And it takes an elite slot, and it's just, it's not ideal. Um... The Defiler getting a points reduction is really exciting. That's one of the ones which I will highlight there. Mm, the Defiler's good. Very good. And it got, I, I think it's a subtle winner 
of eighth edition like especially now with this points reduction i'm definitely going to look at revisiting the defiler i think it's because defilers are in that very awkward spot which dreadnoughts are meant to fulfill but defilers just do it better of being not large enough to be a key target but large enough that you can't ignore them well they used to be nearly as tough as a land raider didn't they yeah front armor 12 side 12 no no it was higher wasn't it no. Wasn't it 13, 12, 12? No, it was 12, 12, 10. Oh, no, there's weaker than Land Raider. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. But it could crush it. It could crush it. They're pretty tough. And they had the demon save, don't forget. Yeah. Uh, and just stuff like the Land Raiders come down. Again, I don't think that changes anything other than purely... Well, Land Raiders all thing. round have come down, which is good, because the Land Raider was just terrible. And now it's just bad. It's, uh, it's still bad. It is yeah. still bad. Because you think you can get, for the price of two Land Raiders, you can get a Knight. <laughs> and a Knight will have the same amount of wounds. Oh, no, yep. sorry, slightly less wounds. Slightly I think four less. less wounds, but will absolutely trash can. Yeah, this invulnerable save. Just, just the invulnerable save alone makes it way better. Then you combine everything else that a Knight does. Uh, what do you think of the Plague Drones nerf? I was going to say, I really hate the Plague Drone nerf. I really hate it. <laughs> How so? Plague drones are very tough, very mobile, not very damaging units. Like they they have a decent amount of attacks. Don't I think they, they get like six attacks. Two d six auto hitting strength seven flamer with like minus two AP and a, is it more than one damage? I don't know. I think plague drones are the um, the flying Nurgle beasts. Oh, you're thinking of um, plague. What's it? Oh God, what are their names? I can't remember now. Oh, oh guess God! What? Oh, let me find out. Let it... We're professionals, I swear to God. We do. Yeah, know no, no. yeah. The, the plague drone is the flying demon. Yeah, which is the thing that I don't like getting nerfed. Um, because that was fast moving, six attack, beastie of Nurgle. They were better than beasts of Nurgle. And I think this is why they've got the points increase because they were just categorically better for much. Well, they were the same cost. Bloat drone. Bloat drone. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. So plague drones. Are the demons they got the nerf yeah i'm not happy about that uh i still think they're okay for their points but i don't think they caused a problem anywhere i don't really know anyone that ran into a problem with plague drones yeah i haven't really heard of it either it's so very interesting that beast and ogre have come down they're still probably not worth taking it why don't you uh, tempted at one stage to take them I was, if you take Horticulus Slimux, um, who's the silly snail man, which I really don't like the model of, so it wasn't going to be a, a real thing, but I was toying with the idea. And against certain lineups, would it be nice? Uh, such as lists where they really struggle to remove multi-wound models, which just would have been fun. Like Lord Terminators being down in cost, is that not, is that not sexy? That's amazing. That is really amazing. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they actually start bleeding into vanilla chaos lists because they are so good. These are like the... Aren't they basically the best Terminators in the game? Arguably in better my, than even Deathwing. Yeah, in my opinion, they are the best Terminators in the game. And they're certainly better than Deathwing because they're cheaper. They're cheaper. They have to feel no pain as well. Yeah, and because... objectives secured and all that sort of stuff, which I know that Deathwing have as well, but... but... Any any other thoughts on the Death Guard while we're here, then? 
I mm, they really haven't changed a lot of the core units. Mm. There are some nice points reductions again, just for friendly games, which is good. The fact, uh, that, however, um, oh, sorry, the fact that plague bearers haven't been touched is interesting. Yeah, well, this this comes down to my argument that I don't think chapter approved is about balance. Now, hear me out because this is again crazy conspiracy theory. Blah 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 blah. Tinfoil hats, right? <laughs> We're getting them out again. <laughs> We're getting them out again. I never took mine off. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so what the fuck are they called? <laughs> Pox plague bearers. bearers, plague bearers, plague bearers. Jesus, you know your faction. I've I've been so in in the depths of Necromunda that I've struggled to even look at forty k because the new Necromunda rulebook is out and Jesus Christ, boys, is it hot? Anyway, just saying, plague bearers. We'd like to thank Necromunda for sponsoring this episode. I fucking love it, <laughs> plague bearers. <laughs> Seven points of pop. Very, very points efficient demons used in a great variety of lists for chaos because they're just so damn good for what they are. Have not been touched. And the Plague Burst Crawler, which for a time was the only competitive way to play Death Guard, where you take like nine of them or 11 of them or whatever it was before they brought in the rule of three, has also not been changed. Yeah. And then this leads me to say, with clear authority, <laughs> that GW don't care for balance with these changes. Now, that, that seems very strong, because yeah. they are making all these generous points reductions, right? Yeah. And everyone's happy with a points reduction. However, just throwing points reductions at things, to my mind, obfuscates the real problems, right? Which are so one of the keen problems of the plague burst crawler is the fact that it is a strength seven, two d six shot auto hitting flamer. Mm. That is kind of the problem area of it, and it's toughness eight with feel no pain and a demon save. Right, it's tougher than a land raider. Yeah, fact. Now that's the real problem area, because they've made it so efficient for its points, and I don't mind. Like, if, if you create something overpowered, there's no problem with fixing that with points. Like, that is, yep, that 100% that works, right? Yeah. But with a lot of stuff with GW, they've kind of built themselves into a corner, and they're kind of unwilling to make changes, such as points increases. And I know there are a few scattered in here, such yeah. as the cultist. But don't get me wrong. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong with the Plague Burst Crawler, because if everything else comes down, then... The things, there's space for them. Yeah, and this thing gets worse. However, they didn't change the points cost of this, and a lot of the changes that they're making are for peripheral items which aren't even competitive, other than Cultists. Cultists is like the shock one, the surprise one. Yeah. And Blightlord Terminators, to be fair. I mean, they're still not Mondo competitive, but they're still in there. Yeah, so Chapter Proof doesn't really seem to be fixing the problems well enough, in my opinion. And the other thing I'll cite, again, which we briefly talked about, is the Royal 32, which is the Guard Battalion, which generates huge amounts of command points for soup Imperial armies. And that's a massive problem for competitive, in my opinion, because the Imperium has access to all of these cheap, nasty little tricks that they can bring up. 
So say, for example, the Imperium list is struggling with anti-tank. What do they do? They include the Knight Castellan. Right. What you mean here is you have an Imperial list, you include the Knight Castellan. What did I say? Oh, you said if you had issues with armor. Just bring the Knight Castellan anyway. All right, yeah, but I'm just saying specifically here. Yeah. Specifically. Whereas I'm saying if Orcs, if you play Orcs and you're struggling against armor and you have all the anti-armor that the Orcs can manage, you can't then dip into Tyranids. You can't then dip into Tau. You can't do it. They seem to have really nerfed any Imperial things, weirdly enough. The Imperium just seems to have buffs. Hello? Hello? They don't seem to have nerfed any what? Sorry? Imperial things. Like The Imperium as a whole just seems to have received buffs. Admittedly, mostly tertiary buffs, but the Loyal 32 remains unchanged. Loyal um, 32 is unchanged. Knights are unchanged. Yeah, that, that, okay, and, let's cover that one now, that point of contention. Yeah, so the Knight Castellan is the really point-sufficient, fantastic anti-tank, anti-monster, anti-tough infantry knight class titan. Anything above troops, it kicks the shit out of. It will melt its tiny face off. And it will kick the shit out of troops, definitely. It's just it's less efficient versus them. Yeah, it's less good, but it's still not bad. Oh, yeah, no. Like, the, the and, enemy squad will still evaporate. It's just, you know, you feel like you wasted its shots. And when you compare it to any tank across the entire game, it is ridiculously points-efficient. Yeah. So you think for a Predator, it's like 160 points. You take three Predators... You're now at the cost of a Castellan, and the Castellan will take those Predators and rape them. <laughs> oh, those Predators are actually far less than the Castellan. Are they? Yeah, 160 times 3 is like, what, 4-something, four, 4 in the high numbers, Alrighty. compared to the, like, 625 for the Castellan. Oh, I thought the Castellan was 500. Oh, no, good God, if it was 500, fuck yeah, like... All right, okay, that's that's slightly better. It's more than I thought it was, so it gets better in my own estimations. Anyway, Loyal 32 is unchanged. The Imperial Knight is unchanged. Uh, Smash Captain Slangwinish? Schlang- oh, fuck it, I almost made it. Smash what Captain Schlangwinish. Um Again, they kind of changed that with the whole command points and the cost of the one-turn charge for the Blood Angels, blah, 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 blah. That's all good. However, points changes. Everything for the Imperium pretty much only received the buff as you said except the Lehman Russ the Lehman Russ I think got more expensive but the tank commander got cheaper yeah so you just take a bunch of tank commanders now because they're cheap yeah and they're they're very good it's weird Um, weird times so the Imperium got this buff and the other axe I will bring to grind at this very moment in time is Orcs Okay, can I, can I can I finish the knight discussion real quick? Yes. <laughs> Round that off, then we'll get back to orcs. Okay, the other thing with knights is I play knights. I do have knights. You, Henry earlier was feeling bitter about me in friendly games because they have a habit of wrecking face. His friend who had only played one game before, <laughs> look, look, Alan decided it would be a fair trial <laughs> by fire. It was, it was the only to army play I had. Imperial knights. It was the only army I had. The only army I had. That is not a valid excuse. You could have gone to the store. Bought 1,500 points of Sisters of Battle. Could I? Do you know how much that would have cost? Yes. You'd have to sell another kidney. Yep. Okay, <laughs> Pay for that army. Yeah. Imperial Knights, they, they are just really good. And while increasing their points cost would have been difficult 
for the basic knights, I think. In that they, they could maybe use a little bit of a points increase, but it would make knights as a mono army worse. The Castellan definitely needed something. It really did. Like, that thing is absurdly good. Yeah, it's it's really points efficient. Like, uh, right, and... Also, I say right now, knights are actually... Most vehicles are kind of in this really awkward spot where because because people are expecting knights, they've brought such anti-tank uh, to also anti-tank that can have enough weight of fire to get through the knight's invulnerable saves. Standard vehicles without invulnerable saves are kind of shit. They just get wrecked. Yeah, and that's that's another thing which is just a, a problem with the game as it stands, in my opinion. It's just that anti-tank versus anything without an invulnerable swiftly fucks it up. Such as the Stomper versus the Knight equation. Oh god, yeah. The Stomper has more wounds, but the Knight has the Invun. The Knight is more tough than the Stomper. Yeah. Um, well, the Dominus is. Uh, anyway. So yeah, they, they haven't changed that, which we know is a core part of the Imperial competitive scene. And again, I don't mind, because, you know, we all pay money. We all exchange legal tender for our sweet plastic crack. Right? And yes, I do dislike it when you buy something with the expectation that it's good and then GW make a change and now it's crap. Yeah. You know, I've definitely seen that. And a lot of units that just get relegated to the shelves to never see gameplay again, Yeah, which you bought. Um, so I'm not saying that we have to just nerf knights into the ground. I'm not saying anything like that. Nothing like that at all. But if you want competitive, you have to bring their points costs in line with other options to make it a decision as to what to take rather than that's an auto include yeah. just because it's so good for its points. And again, yeah, GW are there to make money. I know they're there to sell models. It's up to them. It's up to them. That's fine. You know, that's their practice. Everyone's happy with that. But if you want a more balanced game, come on guys, we've got to work together. We've got to accept those higher points costs for our favorite units. Right. You want to so orcs. Orcs. After that olive branch of free love and peace, burn it to the ground. <laughs> burn it to the ground and stamp a mighty toothy grin on it, and then fuck it with a laser. Why? Could you explain why for me? Ah! Ah! Have you tried words? I've heard. Ah! No. <laughs> Well, Henry's, Henry's take on the orc uh, points changes is... Ah! Um, you can quote me on the front of chapter approved. Ah! Chapter approved. <laughs> Brothers Grimdark. Ah! Why do I hate this? Why am I so driven to the point of smashing a child's ice cream? You'll have to explain. With my fist. Me. With my fist. <laughs> God. It just sounds worse, doesn't it? Um... Yeah. Orcs. Orcs recently came out. Orcs recently got a new codex. They were held up as the, the pinnacle of 8th edition, going to have the biggest Orctober in the world. Um, you know, the ground was going to shake beneath mighty leathery boots. Didn't happen. We got some buggies. Yay. All right. It's yeah. a bitter pill. It's a bitter pill because you're expecting something great and you get something that's decent, but it wasn't great. So, it's you know, it's a bitter pill. They then released Chapter Approved. What is it? Two months after the Orc release. One well, month. Remember, one remember month because it was Orcs in November. They released Chapter Approved, which is the points changes. 
for everything in the in the entire game that GW deemed overcosted or underpriced, they didn't make that consideration for the orcs. That's because the orc codex came out just now. It probably had these points changes in consideration. But yeah, but yeah. <laughs> we know that things are wank in the orc codex, right? Yes. Like, I can point to three of the new buggies which are complete wank. <laughs> I can say, that's wank, that's wank, and that's wank. And the last one I is could... maybe playable if you're friendly. Yeah, and it just... For the love of cock, like, what is going on with GW? Like, are you going to say to me, are you going to sit me down and say to my face that, yes, those units were perfectly balanced at launch, so much so that we didn't even need to consider changing them? Now, if I had been in on the meetings for GW when they decide the points cost, when they do the playtesting, because fuck GW playtesting, they don't yeah, no, playtest this, this, this is what I'm taking away from this is... They don't do playtesting. They really they don't. Like, don't. I, I know they have people who do some playtesting for them. They do have a bunch of people who do the playtesting. They just don't find shit out. Like, they don't... Yeah, they're bad. They're bad yeah. at the game. If the, really? this, this is what the points cost is saying. Like Crisis Battlesuits. How did that get past playtesting twice? Yeah. Like, it's been playtesting since the Tau Codex came out. Actually, no, no, no. it went through it three times. You had the Index, you had Chapter Approved 2017, and then you had the Codex. That's three times they went, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. What were you playtesting? What, what was happening at that table? Anyway, so these new buggies that came out, which are total cock and a little bit of wank. Yep. They decided, <laughs> they decided are perfectly costed, and they're not going to change it in Chapter Approved. Now, okay, now I, I'm sure some people are instantly thinking, people are defensive, they're thinking, how can he expect them in one month to include well, it in something that has to be printed for that month? Now, yes, you're right. Yeah. That's an unfair expectation of GW. The thing that I hate about it is that by making chapter proof one month after the Orc Codex, GW have made sure that the Orc changes cannot be included in chapter approved 2018. Therefore, Orcs will be in the third chapter approved. Also, the other thing to take into consideration here, uh, something which I am betting on right now, they haven't playtested chapter approved. These oh, changes yeah. are too large, too sweeping to every single race. That I can they guarantee not that. have playtested it. Because they had to have been playtesting orcs, which they did, because orcs have had, had some balance changes which do seem good. Obviously, they weren't playtesting everything because they're shit at playtesting. They're going to be playtesting Gene Steeler cults right now to see where they play out into the whole meta and things. But at the end of the day, they just looked at the bad units and gave them points reductions. Some of which are good, some of which are on point, some of which eh, maybe could do with a bit more. But some of this shit you look at and go, oh no. Oh, no. Yeah, and you can, you can just look at it and tell it's a bag of wank. <laughs> it's a lot of wank going around today. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just the thing with the whole orcs not being in 2018 is just it's so cash grabby, it pisses me off. Because if you want to be a competitive player, you're going to have to buy every chapter of proof that comes out or scratch the rules off of the online formats that people release them on, such as Reddit, such as on uh, all these different forums, you can find them. And I approve that. That is Brothers Grimdark approved. Yeah. Is finding every tiny facet of chapter approved online for free do it that way that's what I, we're doing i'm not gonna buy it i know i, I think maybe for the missions because it adds in a bunch more missions and stuff which could be good 
but for balance changes, we shouldn't have to pay for this. This should have been an FAQ update to have Yeah, this, this should just be FAQ'd. Now let, let's go back. Let's go back to the cherished, bosomy time of when we were young lads enjoying the game of Warhammer, right? Yeah. Now when, when you're a kid, spoiler, you don't earn money unless you're a child superstar. In which case, what are you doing listening to this podcast? <laughs> the things took a dark <laughs> turn for you, didn't they? Yeah. You listen to Brothers Grimdark podcast. A grim dark turn if you're a child star, this is the end. Um, <laughs> anyway. We're sorry. We hope it gets but, better. Uh, yeah, as a kid, or as a lot of hobbyists, should I say, um, we're shackled by financial commitment, even though we earn money. And kids don't really have money, because they don't earn it, right? Yep. So, if you want to charge people more to play the game... That's fine, because I'm a big believer in kind of like, you know, free business. You know, if I have something to sell and you buy it for the agreed price, that's on you. The onus is on you. If you bought something that was worth £5 for 15 that's on you. The entirety of 40 k is you're dumb enough to pay for it, so deal with it. Yeah, but the thing about Chapter Approved is that it really pisses me off is that everyone that buys it subscribes to this business model, Right. And there are two ways of looking at this. One way is, yes, we pay for it, but we get changes. Or the other is, we don't pay for it, and we don't get changes. Right? Yeah. I prefer, personally, Hmm. if they could just do it where they support their game. Just saying. As in... Like, the dream I had a long time ago for Warhammer 40k was that if all the codices moved to the digital format, which was absolute cock, like, I bought, I think, two digital codecs or codices, and just navigating them was a nightmare. I think they only worked properly on uh, Apple. Like, if you have Apple, all the links worked and all the rules worked. Like, you could just tap the rule and it'd take you to the right page. If you had it on Android, it's like you had to scroll through every page to get to the rule you wanted. And it was slow because my phone is bad, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But the, the utopian version would be that they have an online document, which is a living document, and they'll change the rules as balance dictates, right? Yeah. Think like patches for a game. But who pays for patches to a game, right? Also, Let, let's, the- let's look at Activision. Activision, one of the biggest scumbaggiest com- companies around, don't even charge for patches. Yeah, They don't. They release a product, you buy the product, then they support it for a while. And considering that you continuously buy GW products, think like new games coming out, they should just patch it. They should just patch it for you for free. Now, maybe people are thinking that I'm an entitled twat here, but that's what I would do if I had a game. Yeah, this is very much bullshit. Also, like the other thing, which is like, oh, but what, what about the new missions and stuff? God, if only there was another book coming out at the same time, which is based around changing the gameplay in fun ways, like with new missions. I guess we could just put it in that book, couldn't we? But it's a shame there isn't something called Vigilus coming out. Yeah. And they very deliberately split it. So you get half your content here, half your content there, so you've got to buy both. Yeah. And that that fucks me off. Like, come on, GW. Like, 
you know, there are some stuff which is very deliberately cash grabby, some stuff which is more subtle, but giving you the old reach around, right? And in a bad way. This is this is cash grabby as fuck. This also is cash grabby. That this we, is oh, slapping you with a bass in the, the face. Like, the oh, you get a beta sisters codex. A, that's irrelevant right now. Amazingly enough, I'm glad it's there because the sisters of battle have a bunch of mechanics that are potentially broken that do need play testing. Not the game's workshop is going to look at the data, but damn it, I'd like to believe they will. The other issue is that sisters of battle right now are stupidly expensive old models which are crap. Now they are having a sisters release some point next year, probably at the end of the year. By which point, yeah, it'll be awesome. But most people right now don't have Sisters of Battle because they're super expensive and nobody bought them back in the day. So no one's going to play with these rules. It's just a, it's a thing thrown into Chapter Approved to try and improve the value of it, which only affects an absolutely tiny percentage of the actual community. So what this book well, is, is balance changes that should be free, new missions that should be invigilous, and a codex that basically nobody needs. And if anything, the sisters should get as fucking free charity due to the amount of shit they've had over the years. Or they just keep it to themselves and make the codex like they've done with every other codex. The only thing I'll say in GW's defense here, yep. which comes back to my exclusion, nobody or their models should be excluded from the game. Yeah, And I know people, specifically one guy who only had Sisters of Battle. That was his army. That was his pride. That was his joy. The poor bastard. I haven't seen him in years, but my assumption would be if he still existed in that state, he wouldn't be able to join him with eight. He just wouldn't be able to participate because he didn't have, have any rules. There's the index, let's be fair. Does that have sisters? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does have sisters. Oh, well, in which case, yeah, I, I reneged my, my whole thing. Yeah, no. This, this yeah, as is... so long as everyone's got rules to play, I'm happy. Yeah, like th this is just a random thing which is there. Yeah, it's it's fun for reference, but you know that they don't play test, so what's the point? I yeah. mean, why don't they include people? Like, I would happily do GW play testing for them. Yeah, they do. They do I'd have like, do various it. people they've like uh, reached out to to get involved in the play testing, but they tend to be more higher profile people in the community. Yeah, which... I mean, higher profile people, and the whole thing that I've seen with a lot of people, is once they get involved with GW, once they get in bed with GW, their whole attitude changes. Now, I'm not going to mention any names or mention any people, anything like that, but some people have been pretty anti-GW, like way more than us. And then GW reaches out to them because they're popular, gives them some free stuff, you know, gives them a few invites to these certain special events, and suddenly, you know, they're GW buddies. And I think with the playtesting... You don't want everyone in that same bubble. You don't want, you know, like 10, 15, 20 guys all in the same bubble, all thinking the same way because they're not going to properly playtest it. If you make playtesting global, if you open the floodgates, if you say that everyone can playtest, I know it's never going to work, but just hear me out. You will get a far better... Um, you know, a far better model. Then you're then assuming that you're going to have people actually analysing the games as well. Because it's not just the case of you have to have what won. You have to have detailed analytical breakdowns of each individual unit, how it performed in that game, and what it was up against. Like, balancing Warhammer is inherently absurdly it's, difficult. Yeah, I'm not saying that. But, I mean, let's just look at the Crisis Battle Suits. Let's go back to the GW model of playtesting. You said yourself, just now, that GW have invited high-profile people to do their playtesting. Yeah. 
and I just said, I don't think that's correct. Then we look at Crisis Battle Suits. Okay, now they're getting a, a reduction. But how did they slip the net for so long? Yeah. And there's other things in there, which are just complete toss, <laughs> which you wouldn't play if your dying grandmother begged you to. Such as Grey Knights. Now, Such as Grey Knights. Okay, Grey Knights have got buffs. And everything I've seen from Grey Knight players, because I'm not a Grey Knight player, um, they're unhappy. <laughs> like they've, yeah. they've made some changes. A lot, pretty much everything is cheaper, but Grey Knights still have the crap smite even on characters. So even their characters, when they do, they cast smite only causes one mortal wound. And on the roll of um, 10 or more, is it actually D3 mortal wounds? The entire army still has an inbuilt cost for the ability to like deep strike and teleport and whatever, but they have no exceptions to like the deep strike rule. So, a, a certain percentage of the entire army's points is only effective after turn two or after turn one, sorry, which is problematic. And they're still fucked. They're more playable in friendly games. Don't get me wrong, and I'm I'm fucking happy for that. Well done, Grey Knights. You may now be able to play some games <laughs> but they're not going to be competitive no no and i don't know it's a difficult thing to talk about competitive because i think it's both important but i also don't care for it yeah if that makes sense like i think it's important in terms of balance and we can see what things have broken however i don't really do competitive gaming myself like, I look at it, I enjoy it, I like to analyze it, but I don't do it. I don't play like that. Mm. I'm a beer and chips, throw your wits, pop it in a wallet, shoot some dicks. <laughs> I should not be a rapper. Moving on. Anyway, moving, moving on. on, moving also, on. I was going to say, it, it seems a bit disingenuous, though, that with the like whole, Grey Knights, you've got big changes coming. Everything's going down. Well, technically, yes, but they'd like... I'm sorry, Grey Knights, we're all sorry for you. Yeah. Okay, and that that's another thing that is brilliant that Chapter Approved nicely highlights. Chapter Approved, bringing balance to the game. Exchange your cash. Hand over forks, forkfuls of cash for your balance. Come get some. Balance for everyone. Grey Knights still have shite smite. Yeah. They're shmite. Shitey smite. Shmite. I'll shmite you. Money penny. That's concerning. <laughs> hey, we've all seen 1950s, 60s Bond. Oh, God, no. It was concerning. That he was. <laughs> that he most certainly was. So, Grey Knights, with their alleged balance bringing, raise the banners, blow the trumpets, here come the restoration of the, the Ordo Malleus. They didn't even sort the smite out for them. Yeah. How how lazy are you that <laughs> you just slap on the points reduction? And this is kind of what I was saying with Admech. You know, there's no love, there's no care, there's no, you know, sculpting from clay this beautiful individual piece. It's now nah, slap a points reduction on it. Just press your butt cheeks against some glass and hope it makes a number. And then we'll slap that on a unit. It does seem like that's how GW balances at times. It really does. Some stuff, yes. <laughs> Some stuff, it's like you just you just roll two dice and combine the result, and that's the that's the value. That that's the arbitrary points cost. Okay, shall yeah. we um, move on to Tyranids? 
to be briefly positive. Yeah. We'll have a quick jostle around with Tyranids. Yeah. Tyranids. Okay, Tyranids are one of the big winners. Um, yes, they've had a whole bunch of stuff reduced. And a lot of it is stuff which didn't quite see play. So it's really nice to see the changes come in. Um, the Tyran effects being dropped by 30 points is huge because the Tyranids did struggle a lot with knights and just generally heavy armor. And the Tyran effects is kind of a needed artillery piece, debatably, unless you're going like, to just choke them with uh, Gaunts, which is, or Gants, which is definitely possible. They've done other interesting things, like um, the actual cost of Trigons has come down quite a lot. So Trigons, I've seen people arguing maybe you just start running Trigons without even deep striking them because they're quite quick and now quite cheap which was how I was tempted to, if I was going to do Tyranids, build my sort of Tyranid list. The Broodlord is a big winner, which I'm slightly suspicious that they've done this because Gene Stealer Cults is coming out and they want it to be good for Gene Stealer Cults. But basically before it was like 10 points less than a Hive Tyrant, and now it's like near 110 points for Broodlord, who is a close combat blender. Yeah. Uh, Exocrine going down by 46 points. That's just gravy. Um, <clears throat> the Neurothrope went up by 20, which I understand because it was um, it was like their very cheap leader who also had a 3-plus invulnerable, who also could spam smite. was generally very useful. Whereas now they, they've dropped the cost of like the Tyranid Prime as well. So they've dropped the cost of so many things. So yeah, while the usual fallback option of the Neurothrope for cheap HQ is gone. The Broodlord is now very, very fucking viable. And the Tyranid Prime is also super cheap now. It's now cheaper than the Neurothrope was, I believe. So just, ah. Oh, so much stuff for this Tyranids. The Swarmlord came down by 50 points. From 300 to 250. Which is insane. Like, the Swarmlord was already a unit which was being played sometimes in competitive. As a way, as a means of like just catapulting gene stealers or whatever up the board and annihilating something. You got a points reduction. Fuck yeah. It is very interesting. Yeah. Um, just quickly, answer, riddle me this. I was going to say real quick as well. They a bunch of the heavier weapons, uh, cannon wise for Carnifexes, have come down in points, meaning Carnifex builds should now be more different rather than just quad devourers. Great yeah, stuff. Yeah, which was a big problem. Now, riddle me this. What's the difference between the Tyrannosite and the Tyrannofex? Okay, well, the Tyrannofex is the enormous, great, big, fuck-off gun beast with the Rupture Cannon, which is, like, strength... Is it 10? Yeah. Uh, with D3 shots, which can yeah. fire twice if it doesn't move. Um, or can have the flamethrower. I thought it was just three shots now. Didn't they change it just three? Um, I'm not entirely sure. It may be three shots. It may yeah. be D three shots. Either way, it's a great big fuck off enormous cannon. Yep. Or it can have the flamethrower, which is two D six, um, strength seven. Because I think it's based off of the Tran effects of strength. Strength seven, which degrades as it goes on. Uh, eighteen inch. Uh, sorry, eight inch range. Auto hitting like AP minus two, two damage, which can fire twice if it hasn't moved. Um, and the Tyrannosite is the drop pod, which is terrible and it should never be played. He is... Oh. Hello? Hello? Yeah, Tyrannosite. It's the drop pod. It is the drop pod. Okay. Well, yeah. this this brings us nicely to another 
Rules analysis time. Ba, 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 ba. The most exciting time ba, ba. of your life <laughs> is the whole thing with specific Xenos races. So if we look at Orcs, if we look at Tyranids, if we look at Tau, how does the Imperium and to some extent Chaos deal with an Imperial Knight? Buzz in if you know the answer. Is it a Castellan? It is. Well done. Or other knights. Or other knights. If you're a Xenos bugger, other than the Elder, other than the Elder, you are struggling for anything Mm. that is... Fire Warriors. Orcs! (laughs) (laughs) Orcs and Orcs alone. No, Orcs and Tyranids. Those are the immediate ones. Yeah. Orcs and Tyranids are in this strange spot where you have to price and Tau. I'm going to include the Tau. I'm sorry, I'm going to do it. Other than the Fire Warriors, if we ignore Fire Warriors for the minute, if we look at... Because we'll get to those changes in a moment. Yeah. But you have to give the Orcs, the Tyranids, the Tau, some extent the Eldar, an answer to Knights. You have to because they don't have knights themselves. They cannot take knights. Yeah. So it has to be an answer. So if the orcs, you've got mech guns, you've got tank busters, and mega knobs. Those are like the three. Yeah. For Tyranids, you have just the Tyrannifex. You have the Tyrannifex. And have... Crushing Claw Hive Tyrants. A Crushing Claw Old One-Eye and Carnifex, as I've seen, also work. Because Old One-Eye can do a thing where he like, fights twice and does a whole bunch of damage. So maybe him, but he's slow. And it's, it's uh, points inefficient. I know, he's pretty and a, do- and a Dominus would just wreck him. It and his boys. Unless, and his yeah, boys. Yeah. I think most He'll turn Tyranid into lists, a magnificent gooey paste. <laughs> I think most Tyranid lists that have been doing well lately um, have just been swarm lists. The idea being that you just block the knights out from the board. <laughs> yeah, which I like. That's a great way of thinking. Yeah. So the Tyranid effects has to then be points-costed, in my opinion, for balance. It has to be points-costed where it can beat the knights. Or there has to be a combination that beats a knight, right? Yeah. So that's that's what playtesting would tell you, that the Tyranids need answers. Okay, so now we, we look at the Orcs, we look at the Tyranids, we cost their anti-tank in accordance with knights, who are extremely points-efficient for their toughness, for their damage. Now let's remove the knight from the equation. You now have buffed up anti-tank for Orcs and Tyranids. Then you yep. bring in an opponent who doesn't have Knights. And is not using Eldar Wave Serpents. Now they're going to be very points efficient versus them. Right? Yeah. As opposed to deficient. Now my problem here being is that Knights just throw everything out of whack. So where does the Tyran effects fall into, the, into place? Do you Point costs the Tyranifex to be a gun beast to fight knights. Do you give Tyranids some sort of defensive buff so that knights can't just one-shot the Tyranifex in return? What do you do? And it just seems they reduce the points of it, which is great. But now the Tyranifex is very scary versus anything that isn't knights. Yeah. Because it already was quite good. Like, like, not in a competitive way. Yeah. It's suddenly in a like friendly to semi-competitive way. It's now good. Mm. It's very, very good. 
Interestingly enough, and the uh, Harris specs only got a 28 points reduction. I don't know what that is. It's the What's thing it? with a great big fuck off mouth and tongues and claws, which is oh, yeah. absolutely terrible and is still absolutely terrible. Yeah, they need to change the rules. Time. I think it kills like what two guardsmen a turn in close combat. Uh, I think you'll find that uh, even at zero points, it wouldn't see play. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Even at zero points, you wouldn't take infinite of these. If you had bad. fifty thousand of them for free, you would not take them. No, no. You'd just be silly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that that's my big gripe of Xenos at the minute is that because they haven't changed knights, which would seem to be the easy answer for me. Is that you change the knight, not everything around the knights. Yeah, knights have warped the meta. Yeah, uh, and I'm to be honest, I'm excited for Xenos to get buffed up anti-tank. I'm excited yeah. for that because it does mean that they'll give other people jip, especially if orcs get that. But orcs won't get that for a, another six months and another thirty pounds. Well, chapter proved is only once a year. So oh, right. how, how much is the cost of it? What is the cost? I don't know. I think it's going let's to get some money. Shall we find out? Let, let's see how much this costs. If it's like a tenner. I'm, I'm Googling. I, you know what? I'll it's look at it and say that's tenor. actually not too bad. It's not a tenner. Guarantee you that. It's going to be like 20 quid. I reckon it? it's 20. That's my yeah, it's 20. Hot damn, we're good at this. We know how to, how to juicily cost something. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 20 pounds for... Stuff which should be free, in my opinion. In my opinion. So now let's talk Tau. <laughs> do do you want do you want to go into the Tau? Because I think the Tau will be the in most interesting one we have. Fuck. Shall we make some sweeping statements first about Demons, Necrons, Death Watch, <sighs> and Astro Militarum before we get into the Tau changes? Yep. I'll do Astro Militarum. Yep. Fire through it. They're my dudes. Uh, for those of you that don't know Astro Militarum or Imperial Guard, as they are properly known. Yep. I will not have Astra Militarum. Unfortunately, I've started incorporating it into my lingo because it's just induced by osmosis. Anyway, uh, the changes don't really mean a lot. Don't really mean a lot. There's some fun stuff. Tank Commander's coming down. Brilliant. Ogryn's coming down is very interesting. Yeah. Um, Hydra's coming down is needed. Definitely needed. And maybe even puts them into a really good spot. Uh, some bane, some bane blade reductions, which is uh, sentinel reductions, nice. also quite good. I haven't seen that one yet. Scout sentinels are down by five. Armor sentinels are down by ten. They both cost. They both cost thirty now. Or what's the incentive to get a scout? Sentinel? I think scout sentinels get a scout move. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if armored sentinels do. Back in the old days, armored sentinels could uh, have plasma cannons. Where oh, that may be it. As well, I think armored get and, plasma cannons, and armored had tougher armor, whereas scouts had moved through cover because it was fucking cool back then. Like it would be cool to have an Astro Militarum list based around sentinels and tanks and ogrins and stuff. Yeah, like fast moving auxiliary units. Yeah, that'd be very cool. Valkyries, anyway, so Valkyries are cheaper by five points. Also, with the Astro Militarum uh, buffs here, a lot of things get buffed. Um, <clears throat> Albeit, the Shadow Sword got a 20-point nerf, which I almost want to put down to the prevalence of people saying that it one-shots a knight online. Yeah, it really... I don't know. 
I mean, if you compare it to the Dominus, 400 points to 600 points, uh, again, the Dominus is just the in instant take. Oh, and no, the I other the, thing as well the is that the, the game does not... Hold on. The game does not punish you for taking the Dominus over the Shadow Sword. There's literally no reason why you would take the over. Oh, yeah, none. The Dominus. I, I even did the Mass the other day, though, because I, I was telling a friend of mine who doesn't know about 40k about the amount of times I've seen people go, oh, like, just take a Shadow Sword. It one-shots a knight a turn. I went, okay, let's do the maths. And the Shadow Sword, assuming it gets to fire first, and assume, assuming that the Dominus only has a 5-plus invulnerable, the Shadow Sword basically gets it to half wounds, but not quite. Maybe gets to half wounds, but no. Um, then the Castellan fires back. Doesn't quite kill the uh, Shadow Sword, but absolutely cripples it and drops it down to a couple of wounds. So the Shadow Sword's, Shadow, Shadow Sword's shooting is ineffective and will be killed by basically anything breathing at it. And that's assuming that the Castellan doesn't rotate Ion Shields or have a 4-plus and vulnerable anyway, or have a 4-plus and vulnerable and rotate Ion Shields to be a 3-plus. Or two plus armor save or stuff like that. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't think the two, two plus, plus armor save doesn't matter because it's AP minus five on the. Uh, well, heavy bolters, Alan. The heavy bolters. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, they chip off those wounds. Anyway, any other comments on the guard? It doesn't change a lot. It doesn't solve the loyal thirty-two. Um, if you're running mono guard, um, this is very nice. Yeah. Just as a buffing of all your ancillary units as opposed to your like mainline stuff like did Lima Russ get changed it did get changed didn't it no no I take it no change to Lima Russ Lima Russ is fine don't worry mm. yeah no change to Russ no change to infantry just all the like supporting vehicles got changes like Chimera's down 15 points Chimera's down 15 points is great and that's more in line with where they should be as well I would like to see a similar buff for the orc truck thank you please <laughs> Veterans going down to five points is interesting. Because it means veterans are now the same cost as cultists. It's like, wow, veterans are just categorically better. Yeah, strategically. Uh, shall we mention demons? E yes. Okay. The demons changes, they've got a whole bunch of stuff reduced. Um, none of which is really overly playable. All the great demons got points reductions. Like Bloodthirst has got like eighty points off each, which is good. Um, the Nurgle stuff is the stuff that got the least reductions because they're obviously in the best place. Slanesh got a huge amount of points reductions all over the place, and they're still not playable. <laughs> yeah, and like a lot of the changes aren't enough. I mean, if well. If you haven't already, you might like to check out our Demon Codex review. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But, yeah, as we said in that one, Greater Demons are meant to be your answer to tank in mono-demon lists. Yeah. And they just really are points inefficient there. The advantage is that they at least have an invulnerable save to you know, try and... But Great Uncle wants are only toughness 7! <laughs> Yeah, Son of a bitch! Toughness 8 would be broken, Henry. You can't have Toughness 8 on the Son of a bitch! Full uh, Mortarian and fucking you can't great unclean seven, ones. Henry. That'd be a Toughness 7. Yeah, <sighs> ah, I know it's Nurgle's number, but come on. <laughs> Give me Toughness 8. Stop chipping around with your dicky. 
Necrons. Necrons got a whole bunch of points reductions, which are nice, but I don't see them doing much better than they are now. Their new Mamadou Walker thing is very nice, though. Yeah, the new Mamadou Walker thing is fantastic, though. That thing is sexy. Admittedly, slightly less sexy than we thought it was going to be, seeing as the fact that knights are untouched. But it's still sexy as fuck. I think it's pretty darn points efficient, isn't it? It's really not bad. It's like 400 points for a shit ton of stuff. It is 625 points. It's more than I thought. But it's basically a Dominus. It's basically a Dominus. It's a faster Dominus, which is better in close combat. So, okay, now considering that the Necrons, as another Xenos faction, needed announced knights, what they've done is they've just given them a knight. Yeah, they've Albeit given them a knight. Sexy knight, though. Very, it's very, very sexy. sexy. Um, I think Necrons have definitely gone up in power. I think this thing combined with their points reductions is going to make for a pretty good time for Necrons. Yeah. I, they're not going to be the top of the, the meta, not saying that, but I think they're definitely going to do a lot better than they are. They've nerfed currently. Tesseract Vault. Yes, but I think the Necrons should be thriving without that. That's where they should be. I'm not saying that's where they are, yeah. but that's where they should be. They shouldn't need the Tesseract Vault. Don't know if they will. They've received some reductions elsewhere, but it's. I'm just doubtful that Necrons really climb up from their very low down perch of suffering. I think. I think people are going to do it. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see certainly. And Death Watch as like the last thing we'll mention in passing before we go a bit more in depth for the Tau. Death Watch have just like they have a nice bunch of little like points reductions all over the place but it will make them certainly more viable so i think they can now actually do quite well in friendly games rather than just being like an auto loss whenever you see them i've yet to see a battle report in eighth where death watch win yeah i mean the primaris changes are very nice though for them yeah primaris being slightly cheaper is fantastic for death watch veterans are now cheaper I... and storm shields are now cheaper i have actually seen um Death Watch win. I've seen yeah. them win a few times. I, I and the way that they win yeah. is just by staying very far back with all of their special firepower. Yeah. However, this only works in one very specific example, and that is Orcs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Death Watch are very interestingly maybe the counter to Orcs. Yeah, if they have a bunch of boys, take a bunch of Death Watch, because Hellfire rounds will just tear through the Orcs. Yeah. Other than that. And... Hello? Yeah, continue, sorry. No, no, what were you going to say? I was saying, like, other than that, they struggle. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the thing that they really lack is just resilience and, again, points efficiency when it comes to their transports, but that's mostly because the transport rules are bad. Yeah. And that's the big problem for them, is that their transport rules are bad. If they had a special... Um, exception rule which allowed them to do whatever to like get uh, out after moving yeah like that's basically what they need to fix them I don't I mean again yes you can fix it by points because you could make them all cost one point each and yeah. it would work um, I think the better way to fix it the the more sort of um, interesting way what's the word yeah the, the better feeling way to do it as well like it feels better to play is just to fix that rule for death watch give them special rules to make them more mobile also, oh, interesting mobile enough, 
at this point we'll mention the fact that Dreadnoughts have come down a lot across the board. Which is nice, because they're an iconic unit. It's good to see them being more efficient. Also, Redemptors may now be nearing playable. Like, they're, they're definitely now playable in, like, friendly games. They probably won't be seen on, like, top tables, but they're actually good now. True, but all anti-tankers have been buffed, pretty much. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, they're probably still shit, but 160 points compared to 200 is a huge different difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still shit, though. <laughs> still shit. I love the model, though. Right, shall, shall we mention the, uh, the, that one? That one? That one! That one. Tau. Tau. Uh, okay. Tau. These changes are interesting, shall we say. I'm happy. I'm not a fan for very specific <laughs> reasons. Very specific reasons, which I will admit are entirely jaded and not at all a reflection of these actual Tau changes. Yeah. Uh, first thing to point out is the Tau Codex is so fucking amazing in my point of view. Give them everything. <laughs> Give them all the guns. <laughs> Give them all the guns. Fuck it. If you made it so that the Tau were just the strongest faction based on their Codex power, do it. Just do it. I mean, you could take a turd right in the middle of that book and it'd still be a shining beacon. <laughs> what, he, what he's trying to say here is that the book itself is really well written. <laughs> so Yeah, the lore is so good. Yeah. The lore is so good. I stand by it. Yeah. And what's awesome is that... I've just Damn it, I'm going to gush again. But the, the lore in the Tau Codex puts it back to a state where the Tau are very much the underdog. They're the feisty hard fighting um you know bringing a better way of life to the universe type guys and put it back to that but still being grim dark still being fucking awesome and having incredible amounts of depth as yeah. opposed to just yay i'll fight your green and okay yeah th th that codex is amazing as it is some of these changes are interesting they're especially interesting for me because I think basically every unit in my Tau army, because I have like 1,500 points of Tau, um, which I I was expanding to 2,000 with a Storm Surge, which I know is bad, but I love the model, and another Ghost Keel. But with these changes, I, I have so much more space. And my 1,500 points list ended up having like 160-something extra points all of a sudden. Pretty much everything other than my Kadra Fireblades and my Fire Warriors got a points reduction. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, the interesting one is the broadside, in my opinion. Broadside's one of the big ones. Broadside got a reduction. The rail rifle got a reduction, which I believe what they use. Railgun is what they use. The rail rifle is the one used by Pathfinders, which is also interesting, because Pathfinders can kind of double up as, like, baby anti-tank. Albeit a little yeah. bit expensive, whereas now they're quite a lot cheaper. Which is cool, because I love the idea of, like, this tower scout unit hiding up, like, on the side of a mountain or something, waiting with this really powerful light rail gun, yeah. waiting to take out a transport. Like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so the rail gun got a reduction. Quite a hefty one. So did the broadside. Massive one for the broadside. Nearly 50% reduction for the huge. body of the broadside. Yeah. Which is mad. The I... missile pod got a huge reduction, which is not that's, good. That's not, not a good, good missile me. pod, though. 
Oh, okay, that's all right then. That's yeah. the crisis suit one, is it? Yeah, that's that's the crisis suit one. Okay, so but to break down like the broadside thing, broadsides with high yield missile pods were kind of on the verge of being playable um, at tournaments. They were certainly playable lower down. With this huge points reduction, they're now insane. And they've tried to make um, railgun broadsides more attractive with a points reduction. Like, they are now more attractive. I'm, I'm certainly interested in maybe picking up some railgun broadsides at some point, because they're really cool models. As is, though, high-yield missile pod ones are now insane. Like, if, across three of them, there's now a 75-point saving. And when, the other big winner is Just Shadow the body. Sun. Like, Shadow Sun was... Basically, um... She was something which I wanted to mess around with because she has a very powerful ability whereby with the tower a commander can uh, declare Montkakuyon being one thing which doesn't matter or you declare it so that um, you get to re-roll all misses for everything within a certain range of your commander that didn't move I think which is fantastic and she gets to do that specific um, re-roll all misses she gets to declare it again which is great I wanted to mess around with her she turned up now and again in some lists She's now had a 57-point decrease from 167. Like, that's over a third of her cost suddenly gone. Like, people were saying that her and three high-yield missile pod uh, broadsides are now, like, 450 points. That's insane. That's a shit-ton of DACA. Yeah, it is mad. Like, it is mad. Gunline Tau with Shadow Sun is now fucking bonkers. Yeah, and if you look at um, the broadsides with the added caveat that um, drones can jump in the way of them mm. to save them, save your protocols. Yeah, broadsides are going to be tricky. Like uh, the way that we play is very much kind of friendly up to semi-competitive. We never go like the full hog. We never go for like pure pay-to-win yeah. lists because that's just unfun. That's not what we want to do. Um, Broadsides really present a real problem in that category, and the fact that they've got cheaper is... Oh, it's bad. I'm happy. It's um, Yeah, it's great for you, but it's bad I, for me. As I, Orcs I, and Death Guard. <laughs> oh, God, this is bad. So I had three high-yield missile pod broadsides as being, like, one of my larger sources of firepower in my army. Actually, no, they were the largest source of firepower. They're also a huge amount of the points cost. Less so now. Like, that's pretty fucking great. Also, I put on them um, the advanced targeting system to give them an additional minus one AP, which in the index was eight points. In the codex, it's 12 points. And in chapter approved 2018, it's gone down to six. Which yeah, is insane. That is, that's very nice. That definitely helps. Yeah, that's an additional 18 points of savings that I've just made for my broadsides. And the... Well, okay. <laughs> the broadside... The broadside has got a lot better because it's in competition with the um, Riptide. Yeah. Because the Riptide is silly bananas. Bananas. Um, but the broadside in any other list is actually going to be... So good. Like, for example, as an orc player, if I could take a broadside and a couple, uh, you know, shield drones, that would be lovely. 
That'd yeah. be very nice. I think but the nice. fact that, and for anyone at home that is wondering, Alan has bullshit rolling. I have terrible rolling. It's impressive. He'll it's roll, legitimately and impressive. he's got like, yeah, he's got seventy-five percent chance of making a fifty percent chance roll. I've got a twenty-five percent chance. Like yeah, that's just played, the way it is. We played that game where uh, we, we based it, we were using narrative rules for that one because it's just a bit of fun with uh, mate. Where on the roll of a six for any of your units, you took D three mortal wounds. How many sixes did I roll? Like what percentage were sixes for your units? Like at least thirty percent. Yeah, it was definitely negative. Uh, <laughs> definitely negative. Uh, so I'm already rolling uphill, and the fact that they decide to buff the fucking core of his army is just... Oh, God, it's annoying. It Great for Tau, great for broadsides, great for internal balance for the Tau. Yes. Bad right. for me. Let's keep Bad going. Let's, let's look at these other changes. Okay, the Iridium Crisis Suit. That was an upgrade you could give to, I think, Crisis Suit leaders. And it may be the, also the same upgrade you can give to commanders to make it a 2 plus armor saver rather than a 3 plus. I can't remember exactly. Either way, that's now going to down to 5 points. Eh, it's there, it's nice. Cyclic Iron Raker's gone down from 39 points to 32 points. 7 points change. This is one of the main guns on the Ghost Keel. This is relevant because the other main gun, uh, because you pick one of two, has also come down in points by 5 from 35 to 30 points. The cost of ghost keels have gone down from 82 to 70 points. That's before weapons. Fusion blasters. <coughs> okay, hang on. We'll get on to them in a second. Okay, but basically, ghost keels are now cheaper. I had a ghost keel in my list. With the savings that are being made, I think I'll get a second ghost keel into my list. That's how much has been saved here. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh... This is bad news bears for me. This, very bad news best this is like it's impressive how pretty much all of my list is on here but it's it's great it, look this is my evidence that I try and build interesting lists it, it turns out Games Workshop went you know what needs help Alan specifically I'm pretty sure you sent them a letter I did and said can you just I explained look. to them that I had leukemia and they should change things to help me oh god <laughs> to, clarify. <laughs> to clarify to clarify I do not have person. leukemia it's a very dark joke. <laughs> Fucking works, though. Some say too dark. <laughs> Others merely grimdark. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so flamers are cheaper. Like, I was, yeah. for a while, debating having um, crisis suits where you have just three crisis suits and flamethrowers for, like, dealing with orcs or whatever. And that may now be actually nearly viable. Nearly. Because flamers have gone from nine points to six. Crisis suits have gone from 42 points to 27 points. It's a 15-point change. Like, as we were saying a while back, we, we were discussing amongst ourselves what would it take to fix crisis suits. We, we were reckoning you have to drop them to, like, 30 points a model. They went cheaper. As is, that's interesting. <coughs> oh, God. Fusion Blaster. This is the Strength 8, like, 18-inch uh, range gun. AP minus 4, D6 damage. That's, that's been made cheaper by three points, which is good for me because I think I have six of them in my list. One on, which is uh, Cold Fusion, uh, cold, st cold Star with Fusion Blasters all over the place, and my Ghost Keel. So that's an, an immediate, what, another 18 points I've saved? Uh, 
the high output burst cannon, which is the uh, burst cannon with more shots you find you can have in a cold star. They've made that cheaper. Oh yeah, also the missile pod. I forgot that was on my cold star. Add another nine points off my towel list because I have that on my cold uh, my other cold star. Missile pod was terrible, but it's wonderful to see it changed. Um, ion accelerator. Is that the is that the Riptide gun? The anti-tank one? Or is that the one on the hammerhead? Sorry, let me quickly check that. I've got a feeling that's the... Um, I try to find the thing. Ion accelerator. This is how well prepared we are for this. Sorry, we've <laughs> very excited. Yeah, that's the, that's the Riptide anti-tank gun. Which still probably won't see play, but they've reduced the points to try and encourage people to stop playing the same Riptide. Plasma rifles are now cheaper. They still won't be seen play because they're shit. Pulse driver cannon. Okay, this is one of the two big guns on the Storm Surge. One of which has like a six shot, strength eight, no AP, damage something. And it scales up the closer they get to so 30 inches. It has more shots, but less AP and less damage. Uh, 20 inches... More strength, lower shots, etc. They're down to like two shots of strength, 16 or 14 at 10 inches. There's that gun. Or there was the other gun, which cost 97 points. And had D6 shots. But was better to anti-tank, in my opinion. They've now dropped the points of that from 97 to 50. So that storm surge I was getting to try and inflate the cost of my army easily to 2,000 <laughs> is now way more efficient. Which is great. Um, rail, I mean, rifles, rail guns, I said, they've been brought down. Yeah, sorry, did you have anything to add? Yeah, I was just going to say that a lot of this stuff is just like slim percentage stuff. But it really adds up. It definitely adds up, such as in your list for 1,500 points where you've got another ghost kill for free. Yeah, I think I'm like at like 170 extra points now. I've got like over 10% off in my list. Um, it's mad. The it's Devilfish mad. has come down. Both in the fact the Devilfish is now ten points cheaper by itself, and the two gun drones that were on it are now two points cheaper each. And I had two Devilfish because I'm soft in the head. Um, yeah, I, I like them, and I think you could do interesting things with them. Definitely now that they're cheaper. The Piranha's cheaper now, which I like because the Piranha never saw play because it was just kind of eh, problematic. Whereas now being cheaper, it maybe sees some play rather than just being god awful. The Sky Ray is cheaper. Good for the Skyray, which is interesting actually, because the Skyray is one of the potential builds for a really, really fucking strong Alpha Strike from Tau. And making them cheaper is just kind of all right. I'm happy. I'll take it. Yeah, and finally, Farsight is cheaper, which is nice. Twenty six points less for Farsight. Yeah, I think the Shadow Sun is the major change, though. Shadow Sun is the biggest change. Shadow Sun and the broadsides. Like broadsides could now maybe start taking the place of Riptides in some lists. Or worse, you just have both. Yeah, yeah. But then the the thing that will really make or break this is you'll just have to do playtesting versus the Dominus and see which one comes out trumps. I think the broadside is going to be the better option because it splits its wounds across multiple bodies. On average, it will take two um, shots of the... Uh, Volcano cannon to kill a broadside. Will it? So if you stop one with yeah, because they're twelve wounds, aren't they? Broadside? No. They six. Yeah. 
Okay, in which case it's one shot. And yeah, so I mean, the Dominus is going to kill a broadside pretty. The thing pretty is, you're not really having either one being shot at. It's how many drones do you have next to them? Yeah, more also, broadsides, like reptides, more drones. Reptides have less firepower, but they have more mobility. It's definitely interesting. It's definitely yeah, interesting. It definitely is. Uh, also, the eight is the new like selection of heroes for the Farsight Encla Enclaves, which cost 1,120 points, which we don't know the rules for, so we can't really comment. Though I'm a little bit concerned that we have a Riptide leader. I think it will be, given the cost, because it's 1,120. You think it'll be what, sorry? It has the Riptide in there. No, it has. I know it has. Oh, it does? Okay, yeah, good. It has Farsight. It has... I think it has Farsight, at least. There's a bunch of uh, battle suits. It has one broadside and it has a riptide, which is with the anti tank gun. Yeah. Okay. And how long till you have people saying, but why can't I have my normal commander in a riptide? Because a riptide hitting on a 2 plus would be insane. Although if the 8 has a riptide hitting on a 2 plus, but at least it wouldn't be the DACA version, the one with the unnaturally effective gun. I mean, long story short. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Tau are one. And that's in Vigilus, right? Yeah, it's Vigilus. Uh, no, the 8 is in Chapter Approved. Like, if they had more oh. things like the 8, I would be happier with Chapter Approved. Yes and no. Again, the whole formation discussion. I don't like formations. I don't yeah. trust them with formations. Also, like, Keep away um, from it. Tau aren't getting any formations in Vigilus. So. Are the Vigilus formations. Um, competitive though they're probably not well i mean are you allowed to use them in competitive yeah yeah yeah. like you pay there might be one or two which is exploitable yeah there, there probably Just will saying. be because they won't have play tested it properly but yeah. like, you'll pay one command point to get um x amount of units in your army which are of this type to get a bonus and then it's like additional compound points to apply other bonuses that kind of thing more command point rewarding the loyal 32 yeah. Oh yeah. But now they've they've created the problem with buffing the admech. Even if you get rid of the two, they can just with admech. Yes. <laughs> so now we've got two of them. We've got a nerf. Hot damn. And that would be all, except for the fact that somebody pointed out that the Talnar got a points reduction, which is, which the... is the Forge World monstrous. Yeah. Enormous, great big fuck off fat bastard, who also looks kind of awesome. Yeah, I did like the look of him. Yeah, his he's his points have dropped by seven hundred and fifty. That's mad. That is absolutely mad. From one thousand five hundred to seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's fifty percent hardcore reduction there. A fully kitted out one now costs about one thousand one hundred and fifty points. Yeah. How, well, what's his profile like? Is it like a knight? Is oh, we're about to get into that. Okay. Oh. 1,150 uh -huh. points. <laughs> okay. Ah, oh, right. Would you like to guess how many wounds it has? I'm going to say 35. It only has 30 wounds. Oh, okay. Uh, would you like to guess its strength? Eight. Yes. Would you like to guess its toughness? Eight. Yes. Would you like to guess its leadership? Oh, God. How does leadership work these days? Uh, I'm going to say nine. Correct. Would you like to get its armor save? 
Three plus. Correct. Would you like to guess its attacks? Is it four? It's got five. Damn. Would you like to guess its W? Guess its WS? Four plus. Correct. Impressive. Would you like to guess its BS? Three plus. It's a two plus. What the dick? <laughs> what the? Now what? It does degrade in profile. What? At twenty-one wounds. Hold the phone. To a two plus. What? At five to eleven wounds, it becomes a three plus, and one to four wounds, it becomes a four plus. Wait, so you have to get it to, down to seventy-five uh, percent wounds? No, sorry, sixty-six. A third, yeah. Yeah, you have to take so you get down to sixty-six off. for it to be a three plus. Its attacks do drop one attack every time as well. Also, its movement, its movement drops. Would you like to get its movement? Fourteen. Sixteen. God. Damn, he doesn't even have a jump pack, does no, he? he's just enormous. He's just a leggy lad. Yep. Okay, so... Right. Standard loadout is equipped with two arm-mounted tri-axis sun cannons. One Which pulse ordnance cool. multi-driver system, four smart missile systems, four burst cannons, and crushing feet. Would you like to guess the profile of crushing feet? Strength eight. Three attacks per attack. Yep. AP minus two, damage two. Damage one. Oh, I need damage one, okay. I need damage one, which is a that bit is better, but it still wrecks infantry. Okay, it can have other weapons, but the the ones it's standardly equipped with are the best, so we'll just cover them for now. So for the Tri-Axis Sun Cannons, of which it has two, it has two profiles. First of all, the standard profile, range 60 inches, heavy nine, not that heavy matters, I don't think, does it matter? Not for this one. I think it may, actually. I think this one may not ignore heavy. Interesting. Okay. Okay, anyway, so but it still hits on threes. So. Heavy nine, strength seven, AP minus two, damage two. Okay. Or that's the standard fire. You can give it a coherent beam, which is heavy 3d3, strength eight, AP minus two, damage three. Roll one or more hits of one, the bearer suffers a mortal wound after all the weapons shots have been resolved. So for every one you roll, you'll only suffer one mortal wound at maximum. Yep. Which is pretty cool. We then have... <clears throat> excuse me. We then have the, what was it, Pulse Ordnance Multi-Driver System, which has two, two different forms of firing. Uh, concentrated Bombardment, 72 inches. Planetary and interplanetary. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Concentrated Bombardment, which is 72 inches, macro 6, strength 12, AP minus 4, damage 4. And the other option, which is 72 inches, macro 2d6, strength 8, AP minus 3, damage 3. Now, because that's macro, it does devil damage to Titanic units. So... Pretty good at fucking up knights. It, has, it does have other options, but they're they're less impressive. Okay. Other important stuff to note, though. Um, basically, when firing any of its smart missile systems or burst cannons as part of an Overwatch attack, it any hit rolls of one may be re-rolled. Now it's probably going to be Tau, so it's also going to be hitting on fives, re-rolling ones when in Overwatch. When it comes to the smaller systems, the normal the other systems will just be hitting on fives. Um, it has a 5 plus invulnerable save, you know, so it has that covered. Um, Towering Colossus. 
So it may move other units unless they have fly or titanic, as long as it finishes move at least one inch away from an enemy model. May only gain the benefit from cover if more than half of it's obscured. It'll be difficult. This thing's fucking enormous. Yeah. And in addition, it may fire at models that are within one inch of its base with any non-macro weaponry. That that sounds pretty good, but not too bad. Am I right? It's certainly a mixed bag. Now, do you want to know the one thing which makes this a little interesting? Can it fire a weapon twice if it doesn't move or something? No. It has no? battle suit, keyword. Oh, I, I fully expected it had that. Don't worry. <laughs> no, Storm Surge doesn't. This thing does. Yeah, that makes sense. Because this thing has arms, the Storm Surge doesn't. <laughs> I, I can't really The Storm Surge is a battle carapace, Alan. I can't really argue with that. This thing is a battle suit. But, okay. Okay, 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 though. Here's the problem. Ah, <sighs> oh, God. Alright, so first of all, there's automated repair, so you can regain lost wounds with um, command point. I'm just looking at stratagems here that can buff it. Um, we have that. We have commander control node. So pay one command point. Commander can't shoot, but a battlesuit unit within six of that commander can reroll wounds. That's pretty huge, yeah. Yeah. Remember that you can have this commander also making it so that um, they're re-rolling all of their misses. <coughs> oh, minor things like uh, that people can't claim saves from it with their command point. Uh... And it is a beautiful model, though. Oh, it is a beautiful model, though. The commander control node is the main thing here, though. Like the re-rolling wounds. That thing will just make it absolutely wreck knights. Also, just the fact that, you know, drones can intercept shots for it because it's a battlesuit. Yeah. So any anti-vehicle stuff coming at it. Oh, look, the firepower of um, a Castellan. Well, I have 20 drones in front of it for 140 points. No, more than that. Uh, for 240 points worth of shield drones. Are they that expensive? An amount of shield drones just in front of it or behind it so that they're hidden. Yeah. Oh no, Volcano Cannon. On a 2+, plus, it's ignored because a drone got in the way. It's insane. Now on the flip side. It's on the insane. flip side. Take that unit. Take everything that is that unit. Yeah. Right? Now compare that to the Stomper. <laughs> and the Stomper is about 140-odd points more than this thing. Right? 1,150. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's it's less. It's much less. It's like 200 less. Yeah. Just but... compare the two. And then say to my face <laughs> that GW does playtesting. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's God just... Damn. It's insane. Okay, so in very, very long summation... The Tau have got some very interesting stuff coming through. Tau got a buff, which I think will keep the, the Tau people happy. Yep. Uh, I definitely think Tau are going to be a problem area for friendly games. <laughs> definitely think that now. <laughs> uh, I am really going to have to try pretty hard to bring some lists to beat you now. I think... Like it's, 
I, I really have to up my own game there. <laughs> like, it's also, I think it's, the issue here is not so much that other people haven't got the same kind of power level for friendly games, it's just that the way Tau are played, sorry, the way they're represented in their fluff is now quite accurately represented on the table as well. So, like, the way that you need to play them for them to be good is quite close to how they appear in the fluff. Yeah. Which is... Which is great. Which is great. Like, there's a lot of stuff where they support each other. Yeah. Um, this is also why, like, the Dark Eldar, interestingly enough, like, Dark Eldar weren't touched by this. Like, at all. Just chapter approved, just didn't go near them. Which is interesting in that they had some things that could maybe do with a nerf. But on the other hand, I think that's partly just down to the fact that their faction is one which plays exactly how it's meant to. Like, the fluff is, you get some guys, you put them in transports, and they roam around and shoot stuff. And that is how they play. That is how to play them at their best. Yeah, they incentivize the playstyle that they want, so... Yeah. It really is that. I mean, we can look forward to their changes. No doubt coming... In Chapter Approved 3, Backdoor Boogaloo. In 2018. 19. 2019. Ah, I got to confuse. <laughs> so, what, what, any other thoughts, though, on these changes, other than just sadness because of the Tau? Oh, gosh. Um, I just... <sighs> I'm in a very grey area, grey plastic area, because I don't like the fact that they make these changes for the sake of balance, but it doesn't really balance the game in the way that I would like, but then I feel I'm too close to the matter. You know, I'm boots on the ground, deep in the thick of the jungle, fighting for the... The fuck are you on about? For, I don't know, but I am deep into a 40k... I've looked into the rabbit hole. I've liked what I've seen. I've plunged in feet first. So it's very fair to say that I have a considerable stake in the way that 40k goes, mm. in my own mind. <laughs> what, what point are and you making? Like, I'm just making the point that this, this book has been sold on balance, but it hasn't really done that much to balance things, right? But it's done a fantastic job of bringing up the the weaker units. It's bringing up the rear guard, but again, it's not really solving the problem. But then on the other side, I'm very happy that my battle servitor got a, a buff, and it might even make me go back to Atmec as my loyalist army. So I have a Chaos Army, a Xenos Army, Imperial Army. Any So I, I'm just gonna scratch the rules off online. <laughs> and I think I think we should bring it to a close there. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything to more to be adding. No, 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 no. I don't think there's any news either. And the only news I'll say is Necromunda, the new rulebook has come out. It's fucking fantastic. The sleeve is beautiful. I bought, bought the special edition version because I'm going to cherish it forever. Um, love the game. So much of the Gang War stuff is brilliant. I think we need to have another chat about the whole Gang War, Gang Supplement money cash grab deal that was going on there probably um but we'll save that for a necromander episode which will come will, we need uh, to do one vigilus is also going to be something we discuss in a lot more detail probably when the book comes out to be fair to it i am now just looking at town it's only 250 pounds 
Only 250. And and on that deceptively cheap by Warhammer standards note. <laughs> it's time to end. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for more rambling, incoherent, but maybe poignant stuff. <laughs> <laughs>